Hello, Northern Michigan, and welcome into episode number 94 of the Get Around. My name is Jake Adnip. I'm going to be your host today. Hi, Jake. Well, hi, Harrison. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. As you can hear, Harrison Beebe, the Harrison Beebe. The Ohio is, State University. <laughs> is joining me in the studio today for, what, the third week in a row, second week? where just I, be... I'm losing count now, but I, I, I can't remember if I work here or not. Well, we're not putting you on the payroll, I can tell you that much. No, and I'm not getting paid by my company right now either. It's all pro bono. It is. It's charitable work, giving back to the Northern Michigan sports community. Or just sitting around talking with you, which is what I do on most weekends anyway. <laughs> it's, it's a seven-day-a-week job. Yeah. Uh, but Harrison doing all this for free just to give you all of the best sports knowledge that you could possibly find. In Limited. Market. I mean, I did pick the Patriot game wrong for like third straight time. No, you picked it right. No. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you and I both picked West. I thought you picked Central. Well, no. I that, did that, not. No, see, what you did is you went... Oh, if I pick West, Central's going to win. Yeah, so you're I, kind of like... I called out my miscue, yes. Well, you called it out before it even happened, so... Speaking of miscues, is, is James Cook going to show up today? Or I don't do know. Think? James Cook is somewhere off in the farmlands of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Is he hanging out with Barry Arturo Summers? You know what? Maybe he maybe he missed Brett that much that he maybe had that's to why take he's the not... weekend and jet on over to Wisconsin. That's why he's not answering his phone right now to call in because he and Brett are... They're trying to sabotage Split us. Splitting a 12-pack. They're trying to sabotage us. Hunting deer. It is. Yeah. It's not deer season yet. Maybe it is over there? No, it's no, probably not. No, <laughs> but Pretending, Jake, to practicing. We do have a very loaded show for our Audible viewers today. We're going to talk a little bit more about football that happened last weekend with Kingsley St. Francis. Uh, the Patriot game as well. We got volleyball on the docket, tennis on the docket, even some cross country to talk about. We're going to do a new little game that we've been kind of doing a rotational on, but we're going to do a game of buy or sell today. Uh, as long so. as we play some game every single yeah, week. Yeah, that's what I mean. We're trying to bring in we some rotate little bit of the fun. games. Yeah. But we you got don't buy play or... Monopoly every night. You rotate. You play Monopoly, then Risk, and then yeah. Sorry, and then Life, and then Clue. Maybe we could do that. Top five board games for a podcast. Ooh. But a trifecta. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, we have, we have, a, we have a pretty good trifecta today. Uh, well, you and I will like it a lot. Well, yeah, but... Uh, I'll, I'll, I got a good debate, though, that my dad brought up this week. Kind of a joking debate, but I'll bring that up later when okay. we get to it. Okay, so yeah, after buy and sell, we have a great interview with Kingsley's Aiden Mullen and Tyler Inthezone coming in to join us after defeating Traverse City St. Francis 26-7 to last week. The Stags are now 4-0 and and are looking to take that NMFL Legends Division title. Uh, we're going to talk more about the rest of their season and what it was like to beat St. Francis for them. Uh, we're going to go... With a new segment that we have called our Outside the Area Update, we're going to talk about some graduated alumni from Northern Michigan area who are off in college doing big things. Seems like over the last couple of weeks, we've seen quite a few of them in the national news, so we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to get into the Hall of Fame, add one more person to the most Run exclusive. Run into that Hall of Fame. Yeah, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. And then I mentioned our trifecta earlier. The big talk in the state of Michigan over the past weekend was about the University of Michigan. After yeah, who getting... was that team that played Wisconsin on Saturday? Yeah. Even Michigan State fans were expecting a better performance than that. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that situation and the Jim Harbaugh situation in our trifecta, so make sure you stick around for that. But otherwise, this podcast sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We're going to get into the pulse and put our finger on the heartbeat of sports world. Which is good because I got my pulse taken like two hours ago. Really? We had a doctor's appointment. Yeah, I had a dentist two weeks ago, doctor today. I mean, I am all checked out, Are you okay? I'm good till 2020. Okay. At least. (laughs) Do you just bank it all up into one week because you're scared of doctors? No, I think it just lines up in September for some reason. We have a a wellness form we have to fill out at work to get uh, discounts on our on our pay stubs for health benefits, and it's due by the 30th, so everybody scrambles to get it done. So everybody's going so, to the good. doctor. I'm yeah, good. Doctor no, signed off. He's like, I don't want to put my phone number on here. I don't want your people calling me. Like, Don't worry, they won't. I, uh, I I need to get my teeth cleaned. I just got my notice from my dentist. It's been six months, and I'm like, you know what? You okay. don't just schedule them while you're there? Well, no. I can't just schedule them because I really don't know what my schedule's like. Ever. It's true. Ever. Yeah, I guess I have the benefit. I, I always set it up right before I go into work. Yeah, but, if but you there's times. What days you're going to have off or what? Exactly. Whatnot, yeah, you know? so there's, there's times where I have to start working at noon, and there's times where mm-hmm. I have a Tuesday or a Thursday off. I can't do that six months in well, advance. As long as you're not totally not thinking about your teeth. Well, now that we're in the pulse and we're talking about people's pulses, let's actually talk Take about a some bite sports. of the pulse. Yeah, let's talk about some sports. We're going to start off the top of the show. The Kingsley Stags took down the Traverse City St. Francis Gladiators 26 to 7 on their homecoming on Friday. Obviously, a huge win for the Stags after what happened last year. They had such a stellar season. Both of their losses coming to Traverse City St. Francis mm-hmm. and having one their, of them in 
pretty bad too. The yeah. playoff game was a little back and forth for a while, but that that September game was ugly. Yeah. So this time last year, Traverse City St. Francis really beat up on the Stags, but they turned the tables after having their season ended by the Gladiators in the playoffs last year. Harrison, I know neither one of us were at that game, but we both know the quality of Kingsley. We both know the quality of St. Francis or St. Francis. Only scoring seven points is kind of a surprise, but being oh, a real beat, surprise. But but being beat by nineteen points, I feel like that hasn't happened in a very long time. Do you think that this is not the teams up here? Yeah, yeah. But do you think that this is the biggest statement that the Stags could have made this season so far? Okay. Obviously, we'll talk on that later. But uh, I guarantee, in Tim Moore's head, the the one thing he want if more than anything else besides maybe winning a state championship. That was beating, avenging those losses to St. Francis and getting those back. I mean, those were their only two blemishes last year. So, yes, you have an exciting opponent down the road that's ranked pretty high in a Glen Lake Laker team, but at the same time, you can't really get there. And even then, Glen Lake is a non-conference matchup. They're in separate divisions. So as fun as that one will be to test the strengths of both sides, it doesn't really matter much as far as their NMFL divisions are concerned. Those are in separate races, and for Saint Fra- uh, for Kingsley to win the Legends division, they needed to get through St. Francis, and that's what they had in front of them on Friday. That's what they did. So as, as far as I'm concerned, looking at their season, it's already one notch ahead. Well, already one notch ahead of last year, and there's still several weeks to go. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think that this means more to the Stags than we can really state, especially starting 4-0. They don't have a loss uh, going to be going into the rest of their league season. They start off the league season very, very good with a couple of games. They are going to be favored pretty strongly in the rest of their slate in the conference for yes, the division. Exactly. The Glen Lake game is going to be the only real toss-up on their regular season schedule. Exactly, and that comes in week seven. So they have a couple weeks to kind of you know, wor- work out whatever whatever is left to work out before they meet a really good Glen Lake team. We'll talk more about that game later, but I do want to talk about their team in general. Uh, the Kingsley Stags have not allowed more than 20 points all season. The, their, their total against St. Francis of 26 was their lowest point output. Uh, but both of their both sides of the ball has looked really That was their lowest? Really? Yeah, hmm. yeah but they, they... I mean, it makes sense, opponent-wise. But, but they, both sides of the ball have been playing very, very well. They found themselves in some tight spots that we talked about last week. But they, they've gotten out of them, and they've, they've made the ending margins of these games much larger than what they look like in, say, the beginning of the third quarter. But... Their defense held everybody under 20 points. I believe their offense is averaging about 35 points a game. Which one of these two units do you think the Stags are going to have to rely on to drag them through the rest of the season? You know, I just feel like based off of last year's experience that offensively they're pretty comfortable. So defensively, as long even, as... Even you think that their offensive line has had enough time now to kind of settle in and make... If, make, if they make haven't had they enough time now, they're going to get even more time here as we go because besides that Glen Lake game, their real next objective is the playoffs. And I'm going to argue the playoffs are more important to them than the Glen Lake game since they won't even face them in the playoffs. But yeah, I think that's going to give them enough time and those guys already have enough experience. I mean, Hannah Cumler is my co-host for Hometown Highlights. She missed one of the big touchdowns the other night because she could have sworn Aiden Mullen had the ball. No, it was uh, Owen Graves or one of the other guys in the second half that got a big go-ahead score. So, I mean, you don't really know on any given play who's going to... I've already seen them play a game and, and they're, it was against McBain, so it wasn't that tough of a... Uh, task for the stags to get by, but, but it still was their first game of the year. So I'm sure you saw some of their, you know, some of their. I don't know. They they looked pretty in sync yeah. for week one, and McBain did not. And, and watch McBain, McBain will probably still find a way to make the playoffs. And I think that's that's what stood out to me is is that the defense is yeah also putting up impressive numbers. And if they're being just as notable as the offense, which everybody knows about. I mean, let's face it, especially in a highlight world, the offense is what's going to get a lot of the headlines. But if the defense is making that much of a statement then um, I'm going to say the defense is the one they're kind of looking at is, hey, you keep this rate up with what we already know, and we're hey, looking we in get, really yeah. good shape. We, uh, that's the, I was going to say the same thing. I think that the defense is what they're going to have to kind of lean on because if you, if, you look, if, if you look at your defense and say, hey, you can't allow more than three scores. Don't allow more than 21 points. We got this. That doesn't put that much pressure on your defense. It really doesn't. Really, honest yeah. to God. If your offense is good enough to put up 30 or 35 points a game consistently, especially against somebody like St. Francis, who we know – Fundamentally sound, always. Uh, yeah, they're not experienced, but they're still doing yes. stuff very systematically over there. Good, they're they're good with their basics. They don't they don't they don't make huge mistakes. That's why they mm-hmm. only scored twenty six points against the Gladiators. But still, if you can get that about against something like St. Francis, you look at your defense and you say, 
hey, you can give them a couple scores. We got you. We just need you to make sure that this doesn't get out of hand. I think that the Stags have a really good chance. All right, we're going to move on to the next game that happened last week. I know we talked a bit about both of these games on last week's podcast, but we do have to kind of revisit them after, you know, the implications of what happened. Going back, Talk to about the, the game, game we got wrong. Yeah, the Patriots. Talk game. about the game a lot of people got wrong. Nobody would have predicted this score. Yeah, I, that, I mean, I, that's that's the first question I have on here. But Traverse City uh, Central defeating Traverse City West 32-0. First time that the Trojans have ever shut out the Titans. We thought that Traverse City Central might have some issues with that Traverse City West defense. We thought Peyton Smith and Austin Bills and those guys were going to have you know trouble moving the ball. We both called for a pretty low-scoring game. We also both called for West to win it. Both wrong, and after watching Central do what they did, I to had West, a twenty-seven to twenty score, so yeah. I was kind of right. I was at one twenty-one seventeen. Yeah. yeah, but either way, yeah, we we we, we, it, we were off. But we you know were what? Off base. But a great test for Peyton Smith and that offense. I mean, they made the big plays in the first half, and they they, they they and we talked about their keys to the games, what we thought, and my biggest thing was that they could not turn the ball over. And you know what they didn't do the entire game. They fumbled, but they recovered. They recovered. Yeah. Payne Smith just <laughs> fell right on it, but they did not turn the ball over against yeah. Traverse City West. Uh, and, and unfortunately on, for West, I mean, I, I don't know how. I'm, I'm sure they're not making any excuses, and I'm sure Andy Soma, starting at quarterback, he, he was missing due to a – I think I heard his fingers were taped up. No, he uh, – what I was told by Greg Bond is that he has two hairline fractures in his middle and ring finger knuckles on his throwing hand. So it's going to be a few weeks at yeah. minimum before he comes so, back. So obviously you can't play with that, and, and they're not going to make any excuses about, well, if Andy was here, we would do this. And and quite frankly, I'm willing to go on this podcast and say even with a healthy Andy Soma, they were not scoring 32 points. But maybe the momentum in that game does shift a little if their offense can get going in the first half, which yeah. I think that makes a big difference. Or, or at all. I mean, yeah. Aiden Griggs was trying to make some plays there. Uh, a couple kickoff returns I remember taking note of. Nonetheless, Traverse City Central's defense looked like Traverse City West's oh, yeah. defense against West. Oh, my God. Josh Burnham, he played out of his mind on Friday. Josh Burnham had a reception touchdown. He had a run, rushing touchdown, and he had an interception return for a touchdown. But I was just – the sequence of plays that happened, Traverse City Central backed Traverse City West up all the way to their own one-yard line after – I can't remember who it was, but um, they sacked the quarterback on the one. They tried to get out a couple plays, and then they punted the ball. And then Trey Searles brought the ball all the way back down to like the 20 or 21-yard line of Traverse City West. And the very next play, Josh Burnham takes it right up the gut, scores 20, uh, 20 yards out. They kick the ball off. Traverse City West comes out. Very next play, tries to throw a short out route uh, to Aiden Griggs. And Josh Burnham, from the, from the down defensive line spot, he's playing outside linebacker, but he was down, literally came out of a block, jumped straight in the air, high-pointed a ball, and just to took it straight six. to the house. Mm -hmm. That's the type of stuff that, in big games, those are the type of plays that make all the difference. It may have already been out of hand by then, but you could just tell that Traverse City Central was on one compared to what West oh, was yeah. at that point. When they, they just kept on piling on, piling well, it, on. Well, it wasn't even, on. like, I've seen big plays in this series in the past. Those those big, those big touchdowns and the, and the one where they set up the first field goal in the first half, those were some of the biggest plays. 80, I, and that's counting, yards, that's yeah. counting a Tobin Schwanke performance the last several years. Those are some of the biggest plays I've seen covering this game since 2013. Yeah. So, I mean, Central did not at all relent, uh, play conservative. They were going to... Plan. They were going to be aggressive, and they were going to put it all on the line, and it worked. West had no response, and there we go. The first shutout for Central in the rivalry's history. Yeah, we talked about Central having to get out on West early. The first quarter was kind of slow, but then as soon as that first field goal went, boom, next one, boom, next one. And Coach Eric Trigger said that was their game plan. He had a feeling that if they could make a couple of big plays, and I don't like you said, I don't know that he thought they were going to be that big, but if they could make a couple of big plays, they were going to be able to turn that game on its head. And once again, it just showed me that Central was out for blood. They were up, uh, what was it, 10? Yeah, they were up 10-0. to And then they called that. 9-0 because they missed the yeah, extra point. 9-0. They call that halfback pass where they throw back uh, Payne Smith to Trey Searles on the left side. And then he Searles found. picture perfect. Yes. And then he found Burnham on a, a post route Wide across open. the middle. Yep. Like probably about eight, eight yards behind the defender because completely got sucked in on the on the fake sweep or well, whatever. I remember Searles. And Searles had a dime. It was a mm -hmm. beautiful Yeah, maybe pass. play him at quarterback some snaps. I remember him telling me in preseason, too, when I did the – and this was just for the entire season, 
you know, I was talking about how, how do you gauge the conference? You know, the conference is going to be good. West is going to be good. But he's like, I, I've lost the last two Patriot games, and I'm a senior. I really don't want to end my tenure three straight losses in the Patriot game. And that's a play like that shows how bad he wants it, and the rest of his team wanted it too. Yeah, and I mean, just just a, just to mention, Josh Burnham's only a sophomore, so making big back. making big plays in the Patriot game like that, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do in the future. Okay. All right, just to finish this off, now that we've seen Trevor City Central dismantle TC West, are the Trojans the absolute favorite to win the Big North Conference? Especially by that score, because here's the other thing too. West, Andy, so many injury, and I don't think West is a bad team. I think Central just played a phenomenal football game on Friday night, and I'm not saying they're going to dominate the conference, but they're definitely in the driver's seat there. But I'm willing, I'm willing to book it right now. I'm willing to say that after watching Traverse City Central do that, they are the favorite in the BNC. The rest of the BNC seems like there actually is some parity. Uh, Traverse City West now have two losses. Uh, they're two and two. You know, it's not it's not the best start of the season for them. I I think that the, I mean we talked about this last year. You know, when you do win that Patriot game, they expect Traverse West or Traverse Central to be there on top, and now they do control their own destiny. Having said that, again, I would not be shocked to see West win out the rest of the way in the conference and finish five uh, four and one in the league. Yeah, possibly even tie. So now we're going to move on from football and talk a little bit about volleyball, a game that you and I were both at last week, uh, Traverse City-St. Francis. A great and, game as far as just programs. Yeah, and Leland playing mm-hmm. each other. I mean, two semifinalists from a year ago. Final four teams, yeah. We mm-hmm. wanted to make sure we were there. Uh, obviously, both of these teams lost some very big names from last year with uh, Brenna Poole and Molly Mirabelli leaving St. Francis and then Allie Martin and Ella Siddall leaving Leland. All four of those yeah, all-state quality These teams players. looked very different than the teams we saw here. And that's not a knock on them. It's just there's yeah, a no. lot of transition and finding new faces very in new young, places. Very young teams, too. Leland only has one se- senior in Jillian mm-hmm. Grobel on there. I mean, Kaylin Poole, only a junior for the Traverse City St. Francis. Hannah Sidorowitz is that senior leader uh, for the Gladiators, their setter. But what you said, a different look for both of these teams. And it looked like St. Francis was going to kind of walk out of the gym on Leland. They, they did after they, the first two yeah, sets. Yeah, first two yeah. sets, they, did, they dominated him. I think it was 25-12, 25-17. Leland made some adjustments, turned it around. They made a lot of adjustments from what I can tell. Made, yeah. They played very different in that third set. They Lori Glass just started subbing in new people, just trying to catch the Glads off balance with who was in front of the net, who was in the back of the net, doing whatever they could do to slow down Kalen Poole. And it worked for a couple games. And then in the fifth set, Leland pushed the five sets. That fifth set, I'll tell you, I, I wrote a story about it last week. Harrison liked to make fun of my 1-800-miss-dig lead, but I'll tell you this much. That was one of the best defensive sets of volleyball I've seen in my time in northern Michigan. You weren't there for that particular set. The fifth one? Yes. Yeah. But I'm talking Kaylin Poole and Tatum Carrick, and all these girls were literally shooting 100-mile-an-hour missiles straight down at 90 degrees at the ground, and I swear to God, there was hands between the, the ball and the floor almost every single time. The points that came in that fifth set weren't off of kills and things like that. They were off errors because neither team would let the other team actually get one over on them. Very, very good to watch. But nonetheless, I want to ask you a couple questions. Uh, we saw Kaylin Poole for Traverse City St. Francis really do well and help them win that game. I'm very, very yeah, she was impressive. Front and back, front and back line presence. But we saw that out of Molly Mirabelli last year. We saw a very good front-of-the-net presence that she could also play in the back. Is Kaylin Poole the next Molly Mirabelli for the Gladiators? Is she somebody – she's only a junior, like I mentioned, and kind of following in her older sister Brenna's footsteps. Is she the next Molly Mirabelli for the St. Francis Gladiators? I mean, as far as that type of athlete on the floor, yes. Does Kaylin have the potential for that? Definitely. Will she deliver offensive production like Molly did? For sure. Uh, but to put those expectations on her that she is going to be a big reason why St. Francis gets to Battle Creek or not, I think as far as expectations for her play, I think that might be a little uh, over overdoing it. Yeah. But having said that, that's what they these teams need is for another girl to step in and, and be that replacement. And I think that yeah, seeing her and, and I like her sister. Maybe it's a better way to describe her as the production of her sister because I remember Brunner was just as important to that team as Molly was. And um, let's just say they're they're not looking bad with her uh, leading the charge at the front of the not at all front of the net there. I texted I texted James in the middle of that game. 
It's probably after the second set, and I just you know, Kaylin played on that Final Four team last year. Mm-hmm. We saw her, Sophomore, yeah. you know, we saw her do her thing. But once again, you know, those those front of the net touches were dominated by her older sister Brenna and Molly. You saw her step up to the front of the net, and I swear, I mean, first action I got to see her this year, and I texted James within 25 minutes of watching her, and I said, she's going to be scary. You know, along the lines of some, I do believe, along the lines of some of the be- better volleyball players that we've seen up here mm-hmm. in the last couple of years with Jessica Leffler and, you know, Molly Mirabelli, Brenna Poole. Yeah, making statements. Yes. Yeah, those poster athletes yes. will come. <laughs> yeah, but I, I definitely think that Kaylin Poole, like you said, has the potential and is close to already being there for St. Francis. I think she's there. I just think it's unfair to put her at Molly Mirabelli level. We don't have, we don't have to. We don't Molly have to committed fill. to college as a junior. We don't have to fill her shoes particularly, not her exact shoes, more or less the role. Oh, she's in the role, yes. Yes. She's in the role, and she's a very, very solid player for that role, so... All right, we're gonna, that's going to do it for The Pulse. That is brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freaky yeah. We're going to jump into our game show segment of the week, and we're going to play some Buy or Sell. Buy or Sell! With Harrison Beebe. Got four questions for you. We're going to make it quick and easy. We won't dive too far into it, but... All right, Buy or Sell, Harrison. Is T, will TC West Tennis win their first Big North Conference title and back-to-back regional titles? This year, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy with the momentum they got going. I mean, you you guys touched on it. You had uh, what Joe Klein on about a month ago for the interview for the athlete of the week. Uh, I'm buying the momentum they're they're going with, and I'm gonna say West finally gets some of those uh, important milestones that they've been searching for as a program for a while. So I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the Titans' success, although. You know, it, they still have that one more meeting with Traverse City Central, and I know Shane Dillaway. It's going to be tough. I've known Coach Shane Dillaway since we were little kids, so I know he's going to bring a tough uh, tough team on the court, and it, it's going to make for a worthy championship was, if West does win it. When they, beat, when they beat Central earlier in the season, that was, like, the first time that they've done it. And mm-hmm. However, like, it's just, it's been a, it's and been even a while, if, if ever. Even if Central wins, wouldn't they tie? It depends on the tournament at that point. Okay. But anyways, I buy as well. I started off the season talking about these guys, Jack Fisher, Alex Gerling, um, Eduardo Gonzalez, and Will Crick at that one doubles. I'm I'm looking at them being close to winning a state title, honest to God. So I'm buying on this, especially the BNC. Regional obviously gets a little tougher, but they did it last year, and I think that they're even better this year with the experience that they have. All right, question number two. We saw a pretty good performance from the Traverse City Central Trojans at the Cougar Falcon invite this weekend in Grand Rapids. Both teams sweeping that meet and winning the title. Had a couple really good runners, but we're going to go as a whole. Is Traverse City Central Cross Country going to run away with the BNC Championship and possibly finish top 10 in the state? Uh, interestingly enough, the girls are ranked higher than the boys. Having said that, the girls will probably have a tougher challenge. Petoskey's ranked really high in Division Two, I believe. They're, I believe both teams are second in Division One and Division Two, respectively. So, is Central favored? Yes, for the girls, but they're going to have another really impressive team right on their heels there. So, those should make for some interesting conference matchups. Um, but yes, we're talking states. A, a top five for the girls is almost a guarantee, and yep. top ten for the boys. Heck, when we didn't finish top 10 when I ran there, we were very disappointed. So I know those guys have the same mindset. If they're not at least in the top 10, they, they know they've had a disappointing – it's basically like not making the playoffs. You kind of you kind of hit what I was going to say there. I think that they're going to win the BNC – or I think that they're going to be top five in the state, but winning the BNC is not going to be a runaway. So I'm going to sell it. I'm just going to sell it because I can't – I wouldn't – For the girls? Yeah. I, I'm just going to sell it because I – it's going to be a tough go. I can't say it's a Well, if you away. said top five for both, but you leave the opening for top ten, I don't know if the boys can finish top five. No, that's why, but... I, did, that's why I did top five and ten, because I knew there was a little bit of gap between the two teams, but that's why I said is, as a whole, do you think that they can make that happen? All right, next one. We kind of referenced this game earlier in the show, but haven't really talked much about it, but Glen Lake and Kingsley going to be meeting up in week seven. Most likely are both going to be 6-0 and going into that game. Is that going to be the game of the year up here in northern Michigan. I know we just saw a couple things that happened this past week, but neither one of those were even closely contested technically. You're talking about the best teams? The best teams in the in the most closely competitive game. The, the game to see this year uh, after, you know, we of course we have hindsight is 2020 with the Patriot game in Kingsley St. Francis happening last week, but neither one of those games were as close as we thought they were going to be. This Kingsley Glen Lake game. So you're saying will this one live up to the hype as a yes. close matchup? Yes. It could. I I don't think we really know what to expect from either of them until we see. We know Glen Lake's played an awesome schedule. We know Kingsley's played a really good schedule. Um, 
it should line up. We had in our season preview when you came out in the studio, we had that circled as our marquee game. So why not? I don't know what else we get besides maybe some of these eight-man matchups that but I'm, we've I'm, already seen. That, I was going to say, we talked about Sutton's Bay Onekama before. That was going to be a thing, but we kind of got treated to that this past weekend. That was week. a good game. The reason why I bring it up is just because of those three games that happened this past weekend. I, I'm buying that that is the biggest game left for any, any teams in northern Michigan later in the season, both just to prepare for the playoffs or just to be – I mean, one heck of a football game. Oh, the hype for sure. That is going to be the most, that is, as far as rankings and expectations and performance level, yeah, that, that is going to be the game you want to be at. And it's a Guardians game, too. It's got a nice little Patriot theme to exactly. it. Exactly. So now we have one more question. After seeing Sutton's Bay defeat Onekama this past weekend, we talked about it a little bit last week on last week's podcast. I know we're leaving Gaylord St. Mary out of this conversation. Well, poor Gaylord St. Mary, seen. they're going to miss two weeks in a row here. They couldn't play last week. They're not playing this week. So, yeah. Is Sutton's Bay the best eight-man team that we have at Northern Michigan? Well, you and I, yeah, I, had, Onek- I had Onekama last week. These these were also favorites to make the Superior Dome, not necessarily who was the best. I'm um, buying. But you took... I'm buying. You, I took Gaylord St. Mary, but I'm Last week, it. I took Onekama. Um... Two, we- two weeks, no games. They can't be getting much better. So sure. and I'm going to give it to Sutton's Bay. Credit credit to Sutton's Bay. Short week prep, going on the road, winning that game at Onekama. Um, yeah, they just picked it up on Monday. We're like, hey, we're going to play. I feel like I'm buying every category, though, and I don't have that much money. I can't buy <laughs> every category. Uh, I, I mean, mean we're, from, we're not. From, from what we know right now, yes. I was say, because we obviously. don't get a Gaylor St. Mary Sutton's Bay matchup. But I'm not, I would not be surprised to see Onekama flip the script and get their win back in and week seven or eight whenever they win play the conference. again. Yeah. Well, because that's the one that will count for the conference, obviously. All right. That's going to do it for our edition of Buy or Sell, brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30 second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freaky yeah. That is going to lead us into our interview with the Kingsley Stags, Aiden Mullen and Tyler Enthazone, the running back and quarterback for the offense. Also, Aiden has been tearing things up on defense. We're going to talk about that uh, with these guys as they join us in the podcast studio on Monday. So let's take a listen to that now. All right, we would love to welcome into the podcast studio Kingsley Seniors, Aiden Mullen, and Tyler Inthezone, part of the 4-0 Stags team who just defeated Traverse City St. Francis 26-7 last Friday, having the best start to the season uh, for the Stags since 2004, first time that they have started 4-0 since that point. Obviously, there's a lot of hype surrounding this team, but thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, I'm sure you guys are pretty excited about what happened over the last week, huh? Yeah, very excited. Of course, uh, we have Aid Mullen in here uh, who plays running back in safety and Tyler, who is a quarterback of the Stags, uh, both three-year starters for the Stags and uh, obviously have seen quite a bit of growth out of your team in the last couple of years. I know that sophomore season was probably something you guys want to forget about, but the last couple of years have been a big upswing for the Stags. And uh, I mean, Friday is probably where you guys were looking at for a while. So, I mean, just to start off with, what was the emotion like before and then after the game on Friday? Uh, definitely nervous before. We knew they came to play, and we just knew that we had to play our game, and it was the greatest feeling. Like, I just like beating them. Yeah, after the fact, I mean, with homecoming, did that add anything to it for you? Uh, yeah. What about you? What, what were your emotions like before the game? I know, obviously, starting a quarterback, and if I'm not, did you get named homecoming king? Was that, that right? Yeah. So, I mean, that was a pretty, pretty probably emotion, you know, roller coaster for you all day long. What, what was that like for you on Friday, Tyler? Uh, I was anxious for the game to start, but once it started, it was all good. We were super excited. I knew our team was well prepared. I knew they would come to play, so. Just made it happen. Now, I mean, last year, obviously, two pretty devastating losses at the hands of the Gladiators. But uh, this year, obviously, it's a different story. I mean, this is the first time that you guys have beaten the Gladiators uh, since 2012 when you guys won 18-0, which you guys were both pretty young at that point. And then uh, it's also the largest win that you guys have had over the Gladiators since 2000. So I, I don't know if you guys knew that, but is that something that you guys talked about a lot uh, on the way into this game, what you guys were going to be able to do and how badly you wanted to actually take down the Gladiators? Yeah, we definitely talked about how we wanted to take them down, especially after last year they ended our season. And we went in and tried to get them so we can get it for our seniors from last year. 
Yeah, there was definitely a lot of talk about it uh, two games last year. And then, like, from the past, like, the older teams, they definitely talk about it, too. What what have the what have the older teams said to you guys and what what did they what 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 kind of hype did they put on you are they like you got to do this or or how how would you tell the future generations how do you beat St Francis? Uh, you just go and play like any other game. It's like they're the same like like they're humans too. So it's like you just got to play your game. You just got to play hard. Yeah, you can't go in with a bunch of nerves. It's just you're just playing football. It's just another team. You just play how you normally would. Bring your A game. Now, I did mention at the start of this interview that you guys both have been three-year starters on the Stags. Obviously, that, that sophomore year, I think you guys went one in eight or, or something along those yeah. lines. Um, what has the growth been like for your team? Obviously, you guys were a young team at that point, but you guys have had all these guys coming up through the ranks, and now it's that senior year. What can you guys say about your growth as a team from that sophomore season when you went one and nine to now, like I said, starting 4-0 and for the first time uh, since 2004? Um, definitely a lot of growth. Like we show up to practice and we know what we're doing and we have a game plan every week. And like, as of before, like we just came and like did the same stuff every day. We like didn't really know what we were doing, but now we know it's good. Yeah. A lot of prepping and watching film and more practices. And we really hit the weight room a lot harder now. Of course. I mean, coach war came back last year. That was a big story for the stags. And I mean, you guys had a fantastic season, nine and one, uh, or eight and one, and then nine, uh, nine and two at the end of the year uh, for your season last year. I mean, how much do you think that you know Coach War coming back to Kingsley has changed the program? And what I mean, you guys are right in the thick of it, and you were there right before, and now you're here now. What do you think the difference is? Uh, it definitely changed like the atmosphere around. Like, there's like way more people at the game. Like, it's definitely a football town. You can definitely tell. Yeah, like I said, he stresses the weight room a lot more. Like, we're not the biggest team, but. Our linemen have been killing it this year, doing their job. You talk about your linemen. I know they were, you know, a bunch of new guys starting at the beginning of the year, but it seems like you guys have kind of found your rhythm uh, on offense, especially with you two. I know uh, there's been plenty of points put up on the board, but we can talk about defense as well. You guys haven't allowed more than 20 points all season, have uh, held two opponents to a touchdown or less. I want to ask you guys from the inside, which unit do you guys think uh, is the stronger side, or which side do you guys think is the – the one that's kind of holding it down for the Stags? I'd say the offense. Yeah, I like offense more. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I only play on offense, but our defense, yeah, they have been really helping us a lot, doing their job. Keep, Yeah, like you yeah. said, keeping them to one touchdown, it's, it's, it makes it a lot easier to win the game when the other team only scores one touchdown. Yeah, do you guys ever look at your defense or with you being on defense and just be like, listen, guys, if, if you hold them to like two or three scores, we can win this game. Is, is that kind of the attitude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like defense doesn't have to be perfect as long as you guys can put up some points on offense. Everyone wants to win, so if you get, like, 11 helmets to the football every time, then you're going to win. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, I mentioned this is, this is the best start that the Stags have had in quite a long time. I mean, even with you guys, you know, growing up and watching Kingsley, you were probably too young the last time that th these teams were that good. Um, what, what does it mean to you to have that, uh, you know, that type of momentum at the beginning of the season, knowing that, you know, the rest, of the, the rest of the year is just in your hands. Oh, there's definitely a lot of energy. Like, everyone wants it. Everyone's there. Everyone wants to show up. Everyone wants to put the work in. Yeah, it's definitely a momentum boost after beating St. Francis, and we just got to keep playing football, and we hope to get the conference title, but we just got to keep playing and figure out, see how it goes from now. Does it kind of feel good to have uh, the Gladiators out of the way? Yeah, yeah. it does. Because yeah. I, I know that Kingsley used to play St. Francis really late in the season pretty often, even in that last game every once in a while. But making it homecoming, making it at the beginning of the year, you think that kind of added anything to it? You made, made it a little sweeter? Yeah, it definitely made our win a little sweeter. It was, it was nice. Yeah, but, was, there, was there a lot of people there? Yeah. I assume. I mean, regardless yeah. of what, what else was going on, that's a big game right there. So uh, what, what would you say your guys' confidence level is in, in the Stags right now? Obviously, uh, you, just, you just won – uh, the game that you guys haven't been able to get over since you guys entered the NMFL Legends. Uh, but what is the confidence level for the rest of the season, and how, how do you guys feel going into the next week, obviously, against Kalkaska? Uh, we're confident. You know, they play a good game. Uh, our linemen are small, but we're getting it done, so I have all my confidence in them. Yeah, we, we do have a lot of confidence, but we can't get too cocky. We're still thinking one week at a time, just showing up, playing football still. Yeah, Kalkaska is that next, uh, that next step. I do want to talk about your, your offense a little bit. Both of you guys have put up pretty stellar numbers so far this season, um, both through the air 
and on the ground. Uh, I want, let's do, let's turn to Aiden for a minute. I mean, you've had a few extremely big performances. I actually got uh, inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame last week. I don't know if you were aware, but you're part of the Get Around Hall of Fame now. <laughs> a couple big weeks with over 200 yards rushing, a couple touchdowns. What is that a product of? Uh, I got to thank my linemen. <laughs> They're fast. They're good. Definitely, the I'd say the weight room for sure is a big key. Everyone wants it, so we just get the job done. Now, for you, obviously, you, you get that starting quarterback job back. I know you got Owen Graves out there. You got him to throw the ball to every once in a while. You have some pretty speedy options there on the outside. I mean, what is it like having receivers who are able to make those type of downfield plays and even, like Aiden, make a miss when, when they do want to try and uh, get him in the backfield? Yeah, it's nice when I can throw the ball and I know my guys are going to catch it. I have all my confidence in them, so I, I just just throw it to whoever's open and I know they'll make a play. We did kind of talk about Coach War a minute, and you said, uh, you know, the weight room has been a big deal. But, you know, we, we actually had Kingsley, the school of the year for the Record Eagle last year, and everybody we talked to said that it, it's been kind of a culture shift at Kingsley over the last few years with everybody kind of turning towards, you know, sports and trying to, to win, win, win. What would you guys what what would you guys describe the athletic culture at Kingsley like? And do you think that now over the last couple of years, you know, the football program has really added to that? Definitely a winning culture. Everyone wants to win. Everyone shows up and practices. Girls, guys, anyone. Yeah, we all definitely want to win a lot and it, everything pretty much connects back to the weight room. We all work hard in the weight room, make as many gains as we can and then it shows out there on the field or the court. Of course, now I mean, how how crowded is that weight room on a daily basis? Is there always a million people up there? Yeah, there is. Like we have our yeah. weights class last hour, and I think we have like forty something people in there. Okay, zero hour. There's like fifty to sixty people in there, and oh. then like twenty girls at least. Now that you beat St. Francis, you guys have to be looking at Glen Lake in week seven. You have to be. You have to know that that's going to be a big game. I mean, what have you guys watched them at all? noticed anything about them or, or even paid attention to them or you know wh what is the attitude towards that like I, I know you don't want to you don't want to look <laughs> ahead but you, like you can't tell me you haven't thought about it yeah we watched them we know they have good players we just got to show up and play it's it's a mind game. game just show up yeah so you guys think if you just show up it'll be all right no. we <laughs> obviously we got to show up and bring our game and play but it's nothing like to keep stressing about right now because we have Kalkaska this week and Benzie next week. So we still have a couple weeks. All right, yeah. So the, what do you think uh, in general? I know Kingsley Kingsley has been, you know, in, in the past, especially when Coach Wooer was there, um, has had the state titles, has, you know, been to that, that pinnacle. But if you're talking about just the last couple of years since he's been back, you guys have obviously, you know, kind of turned a switch onto the, the winning side. And last year was very good. And, I mean, we're talking about 13 wins in your last 15 games. Um, what do you think, um, you know, winning an uh, MFL Legends title would do for the football program in the future? Well, it could boost all the little kids' confidence and get them working harder in practice because they want to be better than us. So if they're watching us succeed, they'll want to do it, so they'll work harder. Yeah, I want the young kids to look at us and be like, I want to do that right there. Is that what you guys used to do when you were young? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. so what teams did you guys look up to or who did you guys look up to when you were coming up through Kingsley? Uh, my brother, for sure. Okay. No one for you? Oh, I just always talk to the quarterback. <laughs> okay, okay. Have you, have you been playing quarterback for, like, your whole life? Yeah. Okay, awesome. I mean, I know, I know you're a speedster on the track as well. Did, did football just come naturally to you, or when did you actually start playing? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. You guys have been playing together since fourth grade? In yeah. the same backfield and we everything? We started yep. the same year. Yeah. Okay, so you, got, you guys have been pretty comfortable with each <laughs> other on that offense. I mean, what, uh, what, what's the chemistry like there? If you guys have been playing for so long, do you guys even need to, like, make audible calls? You got, like, little behind-the-back signals, Tyler, that you can just kind of, like, throw up a three and then Aiden's, Aiden's on a wheel route to the end zone? I mean, what is that chemistry like for you guys? Uh, we definitely have a lot of trust. Uh, I can just trust in him. He can trust in me. Uh great chemistry yeah i just know when i give him the ball he'll make something happen i mean you guys have probably played what well over a couple thousand snaps worth of football together yeah, yeah. for sure if you don't gain trust by then i'm sure there's <laughs> an issue um now you guys do still have some younger guys on your team i mean how have you guys tried to bring those underclassmen along especially with you know telling them what you guys were what you guys went through you know um in your first couple underclassmen years how have you kind of kind of tried to bring those underclassmen along and Show them that, you know, the last couple of years are really what Kingsley football is about. 
Well, our last year's seniors really got it going and started when Coach Ward came. They brought us in and said, we're not letting that season happen again. We're forgetting about it, and we're going to work way harder, and we're going to have a way better season so we can send them out with a good football season. So they started it all for us, and it makes it a lot easier for us. And now that we've had success last year, it's not as hard. Yeah, you can kind of use like it as an example instead of being like, well, we have to kind of just do this mystical thing and win as many games as possible. You go, look, we won nine games last year. This, is, this isn't that far-fetched, you know. So I, well, what about you? What are you, what are you guys doing, or what are you doing to help some of the underclassmen? Um, definitely in the seniors last year, definitely built it. But um, I just say that like anyone can step up, anyone can be a leader, anyone can do anything. Um, what are your guys' goals for the rest of the season? Obviously, <clears throat> obviously, you guys are starting off at 4-0, but what have you guys talked about, and what are your guys' goals for uh, 2019? Uh, conference champ. Yeah, that's what we talked about. Conference championship, that's what we want. That's our first goal. We don't want to think ahead. Of course. All right, well, <clears throat> that's going to move us into the Freaky Fast Five. Uh, nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. There's five rapid-fire questions for these guys to answer so you can get to know them just a little bit better, or maybe just get to know what they like i don't know we're gonna start with a pretty easy one which musical artist is extremely overrated kodak black kodak <laughs> see i i could agree i could agree what about you come on you gotta have some that's what i was gonna say <laughs> kodak black because right that, right. uh uh owen graves you know who he is yeah 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 he always is talking about kodak that's the only thing he listens to like he'll sit there and play 20 minutes worth of kodak and then we'll be like, okay, let's change it. And he'll be like, no, I need another couple hours. <laughs> so, okay, see, exactly. So at least at least Kodak Black is overrated in Owen Graves' mind. Or yeah. to you guys from <laughs> Owen Graves. That works. Okay, here's another one. What job would you be absolutely horrible at? Coaching. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, I would be bad at coaching. Too. Even coming not from to, a quarterback? Yeah, like, I don't know. That's... You don't think you could teach somebody else the playbook? Or do you think it's calling the plays? Calling the plays would be hard because everyone would be like, I want the ball, and then I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> is, is that how you guys are, is everybody just wants the ball? Yeah. Is that, is that what Coach War goes through all the time? <laughs> Come on, give me the ball. He's like, okay, nobody gets it. Tyler, throw it at the ground. <laughs> <laughs> what is the funniest way that you've ever been injured? doesn't have to be a serious injury, but what's, what's the most embarrassing way you've ever been injured? For example, not even two weeks ago, I gave myself a black eye. Yeah, pretty embarrassing. I had to walk. I was on TV with a black eye, and everybody's like, "What happened?" I was like, "I literally hit myself in the face." <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I did fall. I was think I was actually making fun of my brother for tripping around, walking around, and then I was going downstairs, and I fell downstairs. But like instant like, karma type. I guess of stuff. it didn't really hurt, but I was just laughing down there, and everyone comes down the stairs, and like nobody even asked if I was all right. They're all just laughing at me. Oh, Tyler's nice. Fifteen <laughs> stairs later, don't worry about him. You got any? <laughs> I don't think so. You've never been hurt before? No. Mr. Sure. Invincible over here? Yeah. Okay. He really is. He doesn't really get hurt much. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask. Um, this, this one's just for Aiden then since he didn't answer that one. The, okay. You have to have an answer for this one. Who has the best nickname on the team? Owen Grace. What's his nickname? OG Baby. OG Baby? Okay. Okay. All right. We got two more. God, that's a terrible question. I've never seen this. Is a, is, <laughs> it says, is cereal soup? I mean, we could debate that. Is cereal soup? No. Yeah, cold soup. Cold soup. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it kind of is actually, but <laughs> but that's just kind of weird to think about. <laughs> or is just like stuff in soup just a different type of cereal? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like it's. <laughs> yeah. We're really gonna mess with your minds now. Okay. Uh, last one. What song would you pay money to never hear again? Oh, can I do the little baby song that my little siblings listen to, the shark song? Baby shark? Yeah. Yeah. Because that thing plays all day uh, long. Every time I'm in the car with them, that's all I hear. I'm, see, you got one. I yeah. could. Uh, There's um, Country Roads, that one song. The, the new one? Or are uh, you talking about the West Virginia song? Yeah, that song. Yeah, like, yeah. take me home. Yeah. Mm. You never want to hear that again? <laughs> are you just not a fan of, like, West Virginia, or is it just, like, way outplayed for you? <laughs> way outplayed. Okay, yeah, every sporting event, make everybody sing along. That's one of those things. It's almost like the cha-cha slide, but I could never get rid of the cha-cha slide. 
as, as annoying as it gets sometimes, every once in a while you really into the cha-cha slide and you're like, you know what, turn around. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, uh, that's going to do it for our time with uh, Kingsley Seniors, Aiden Mullen, and Tyler Inthazone. Thank you guys both so much for joining us here at the Get Around, and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. We would like to extend another big thank you to Kingsley's Aiden Mullen and Tyler Inthazone for joining us in the studio. Always great to have uh, local student athletes on with us, especially after winning such a big game as they did. I know it's pretty hype for that entire program. Um, we kind of hyped that up about the whole school of the year thing last year. Right. I mean, at this and they're point, they're backing it up right now. I was gonna say now. I mean, St. Francis can't use the head-to-head record for next year. So shout out to both the Kingsley and St. Francis cross country teams, though. I heard they ran the game ball from Traverse City to Kingsley. I think James was tweeting about it on Friday before the game. I know you and I were kind of obviously Patriot game <laughs> doing enthused. things. But I, I read that, that they ran the game ball from town to town, and Kingsley's team joined them halfway through. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty nice sweet. little tie-in there for those, those schools that are competitors for school of the year. All right. That's going to do it for the interview brought to you by Jimmy John's. With two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, there are freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That's going to bring us into our outside the area update. Just got a couple things I want to touch on to keep you guys all updated about what's going on with our former prep athletes who have moved on into the college world and are, are doing big things. Just got a couple to add, especially because we had on the Ask Tweet of the Week just a week ago, had our Maxion. Brady. Yeah, yeah. Brady Buell, Maxion Player of the Week. I uh, figured there's a couple more people that we can talk about. Going to start off with Matt Seibert, Traverse City St. Francis graduate, uh, playing for the Michigan State Spartans football team now. Got a little longer hair than he did back in high school. He used to have the crew cut back in the day. James would love the flow. James would love the flow. He's sunshine from Remember the Titans, is Matt. Playing tight end for the Spartans in the game against Northwestern this week. Caught his first career touchdown. Um, He had to step in for an injured Matt Dodson. Did a fantastic job. I saw stories about him all over the national news, all over the state news, um, about Seibert's performance. So congratulations. He's, He's becoming a big part of that offense. They're throwing the ball around and... Uh, and he transferred there too. He didn't yeah, go yeah, to Michigan he did, State. He did a couple years at. So, I can't remember. But he did. He did State. a couple. He did a couple years at a smaller school and transferred on over to Michigan State, trying to get walked on and and, and it get a spot. Out. And it all worked mm-hmm. out for him. So congratulations to Matt. Another person we want to talk about, Traverse City West graduate Hunter Kehoe has been absolutely dominating in college golf over the last really year and a half. Seems like all the time I keep having to put her in the paper for what she does. But just this past week earned her 11th MIAA Player of the Week honors. She has earned 11 Player of the Week honors. Already have two this year. Just this past weekend, she helped lead them uh, to a fall classic win by shooting a career-low round of 70 in the first round and then ending up at even par. Beat 96 golfers for the low medalist this weekend. So Hunter Kehoe doing crazy things out there in the golf game. So So we need to book her for... uh practice session is what yeah. you're saying her and auntie and annika d need to like teach me how to golf there'll be more updates like that coming on the get around i, I know like that segment yeah i know that uh, i've had some people in the community tell i buy me, that segment there you go I've, I've had like some people in the community tell me you know that they really do enjoy when we do coverage of kids who have left to see how they're doing there's I wanna, not i want to do a throwback a guy who graduated right after me at central andy pasco he was just named head coach uh at a collegiate baseball school down in illinois i believe okay I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna look it up real but quick. yeah no but we i've had a lot of people in the community come here and tell me that they like when you know we do the follow-ups on kids who have gone off to college and you know with us doing the daily newspaper grind it's not always possible to go that far out of our own realm to uh to find those. So I want to try to incorporate that here on the get around and try to give, give some people some props where, 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 you know, props are due. Yeah. Andy, uh, head coach, baseball coach, Western Illinois university. He was a Trojan starting quarterback back when I was in high school and big baseball is a big part of his life. So graduate of all six, big congrats to him. All right. That's going to bring us into the hall of fame. So we're about to let somebody else into the club, give them their VIP card and let them, Joining with some of the best around. athletes. Go crazy. Some of the best athletes in northern Michigan have three very worthy candidates yet again this week. Well, actually four candidates, but my my candidates are kind of melded into one. Two for one, which kind of gives them an edge, but kind of right. they raced in the coolest meet ever, the hot dog invitation. Yeah, so so my so my nominations are Benzie Central's freshman, 
Hunter Jones and Senior Sierra Guy both won first place at Central Lakes Hot Dog Invite and both broke the course records, you know. Uh, of how many hot dogs eaten on that course. <laughs> no, they have how much time or how low of a time they could run. Hunter Jones, like I said, only a freshman just broke the course record at one of the, you know, bigger local meets that happen up here for cross country. So congratulations to both of them. All right, so that's your nomination. I'm uh, nominating another cross-country runner. We mentioned her earlier, Julia Flynn, winning the Cougar Falcon Invitational. She also, MLI published an article last week that was very interesting, posting the fastest times in the state this year so far. Not only is Julia second in Division One, obviously Division One is the highest. She's also ranked second amongst all uh, girl cross-country runners in the state for fastest time. I believe she's logged like a 17, 30, or 28, right around mid-17s there. Second fastest girl's time in the state of Michigan this year. Only a sophomore. Uh, yeah, she's a nomination. Yeah, no, that that's faster than about 90% of the Division One male times. almost as there. fast as my freshman year time, which was pretty good for a yeah. freshman boy. And that's what I'm saying, and, and that, that's about as fast as 90% of the, the male runners out there. And for a... Proxy, proxy entrance, James Cook's nomination is Pete Calcaterra of Boyne City. He went three for seven passing with 110 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Also ran for two touchdowns and had two interceptions, one of which he returned for a touchdown in a 42-7 to win over Grayling. So we're talking about four total touchdowns, one coming on defense, two coming on the ground, one coming through the air. Uh, very good job out there, Pete, especially, you know, 42-7. to that's a, that's a trouncing of a pretty decent Grayling team. Grayling, yeah. Boyne City, after starting 0-2, they've quickly gotten things back to 2-2, two and two, and they're going in the right direction for football. Just for reference, those course records for Hunter Jones and Sierra Guy. Hunter Jones, 16 minutes, 15 seconds, which, as you just mentioned, your freshman time was, would you say, 17-30? 17-20. So over a minute and five seconds faster as a freshman than Harrison ever was. Not at this time either. It took me the state finals in November to run that yeah, time. Yeah, so uh, faster than Harrison ever could have dream, dreamed to be. If you're beating me, you're and a shoo Sierra, Sierra had a time of 20 minutes and 50 seconds, both of those course records. Harrison, let's put it out there. Who are you voting for? You know, my only argument for my big argument, besides her winning an actual event in Grand Rapids uh, for Julia, was having the second fastest time in the state. And unfortunately, for the voting purposes, that was probably a few weeks ago. So I think Julia, kind of like Aiden Mullen, who eventually did get in, I think Julia is going to have her time to shine later on. Hey, she might she might take that top top time at some point this season. Yeah, it might be at MIS at the end of the day. We'll have to wait and see. I'm excited to see about that. That girl's just a phenomenal runner. So I'm going to give Hunter and Sierra the nod. Uh, for putting up big time numbers at, at a at course records, in, in especially with those times and uh, leading their teams to to great Saturdays on the course, I'm going Hunter and Sierra of the Husky cross country program for my vote. Just so I don't have to call James again after he gets out of the ice cream parlor and try to get his vote, not just because they deserve it. I'm actually gonna vote for Hunter Jones and Sierra guy as well. I uh, saw their performance over the weekend, and when you have you know, you the, saw it. You were at the hot dog. No, event? no, but I, I mean, I, when I got it reported, you know, I thought when you have a when you have your t- a top boy and your top girl, I mean, you basically the Ke- Asa Kelly doesn't have to worry about him. Oh, nope. like they're gonna show up. They're exactly. Gonna do their clock in, clock out. Doesn't have to worry about him. And uh, yeah, I mean, the hot dog invite had had several local teams, so you saw that they were you know some of the best of the best in the in the northern Michigan area. So that'll be two out of three, regardless of what James's vote is. He loses. So, don't go to Wisconsin. Moral of the story: <laughs> If you want to vote, don't go to Wisconsin. I sell James going to Wisconsin. So, congratulations to Hunter Jones and Sierra Guy of Benzie Central. You are the newest members of the Get Around Hall of Fame, and you are now in the club. Right. All right, that's gonna do it for the Hall of Fame. And before we get to our trifecta, you know what we have to do: get Jim Harbaugh a win. Well, it's the no. top 25 team on the road. We got to get you fed. Oh, yes. Every week, we give away two free Jimmy John sandwiches to our Audible viewers and listeners who share or interact with our podcast. Liking, commenting, sharing, whatever it takes. We're looking for you Embracing. guys. And this week, our winner is Colette Champagne from Traverse City. Graduated from Elk Rapids High School. That's what Facebook says, at least. Uh, so congratulations, Colette. Uh, shared our TC Patriot game podcast for the week and was selected. So we'll get a hold of you soon, and we'll get those on out to you. But if you want a chance to win a couple free Jimmy John subs and you know get one Pop of those the champagne in your life, yeah, 
Give one of those uh, days off the week where you don't have to cook dinner. Those are Share us, days. interact, just do something. I do that too much. Yeah, every day is the week. I don't want to cook dinner, but share us. We'll get you fed. Now we can move into Harrison's favorite part of the show. It is. The trifecta. That's why it's at the end. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, you know, I don't know that we technically have all the, you know, I just know I can make fun of this. people in this one. I don't feel comfortable doing that in any other segment. Yeah, I don't know that we have all the, you know, the wiggle room in the world to talk about this, but it was the because big we're story not college football coaches. Yes, yeah. you know, we're not we're not super analysts, but the big talk over the weekend after Michigan got shellacked by Wisconsin was down twenty eight zero at halftime. I think the talk was actually starting thirty five nothing at once. Yeah, but they were actually started to talk about it at halftime. A lot of the University of Michigan faithful seem to be pretty fed up. It seemed like they, a lot of them are calling for Harbaugh's job at this point. If not, they just want something to change. Uh, I mean, I don't know if the question I have written down here is really the best way to put this, but do you see this working out for the University of Michigan? We talk, I mean, this is year five for Harbaugh, Harbaugh, and, you know, he's won 10 games a couple times. He's just, he's a, according to everybody, I mean, me included, he's never won anything that meant anything. You know, he beat Michigan State even in a 3-9 and nine season. You know, that was his first win against either one of his rival schools. Uh, it was, you know, it, it's been pretty underwhelming, if you ask me, especially with the hype that came in with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, what do you think, Harrison? Is it is it working for him at the University of Michigan, or do you think he's on his way out? You know, my dad, I think I referenced this at the beginning, my dad kind of put it kind of well, however you want to read into it. He's a big Michigan State fan. Uh, so he's sitting next to me and he's like, all these people talking about Harbaugh, we don't want Harbaugh to go anywhere. Harbaugh never wins these big games. We want Harbaugh to stay as long as possible. I made and that joke over the weekend, too. Me, I was like, sign him to a lifetime contract. See, I also am a pretty big Michigan State fan, obviously, and I, I look at it the other way. I look at it as his failure and his being fired is like the – Okay, Michigan, this was your messiah that you'd been talking about for a decade to get back to the program, to get back to reality. And the whoops, there goes gravity real quick. Didn't really work out. Now, is okay, he better <laughs> is he better than Brady Hoke and Richrod? Yes. They, those teams are doing I think are making better strides. Everybody will bring it up. Brady Hoke won eleven games. No, Hoke Hoke was a very good coach. Uh but I think Harbaugh's got them on a more consistent plane. Having said that, their their goal is to beat Ohio State and win conference championships and get in the playoff, and this basically wipes out those for this year. I mean, barring some miracle. Yeah, because they have to be. The they still the have league. to. They still have to beat Penn State, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. And Michigan I mean, State. Yeah, and Michigan State. But we, we don't know what Michigan State team they're going to play. Yeah, it could I'm be not an okay sure. Team it could be a bad but, team. But I mean, now that you lose this game, you're looking at possibly another three, maybe even four loss season. Um, if they don't show up in those big games, well, they almost lost to Army. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've already. What, what Michigan team are you going to get at this point? I don't really see that good of one. There's been, you know, a lot of talk about Shea Patterson not doing so hot, but I do, I do think that this. Well, now falls... Dylan McCaffrey's out this week with a concussion. With, uh, yeah, concussion issues. Uh, but I, they're playing Rutgers. So I don't really see anybody. I don't see anybody that you could really place the blame on other than Jim Harbaugh, though. Well, he even admit he took a lot of himself. He said he was outcoached. Uh, okay, but I hate to be like this. I've heard him say that before. No, yeah. Like, I, I'm what? Sure so, so exactly, and that's why I think that the University of Michigan fan base is fed up with him. Because I don't think I, I mean I know some Michigan fans. I have Michigan fans in my family. I have Michigan fans who are friends. Not many of them. Well, but, we live in the state of Michigan, but so still, yeah, you probably know I, some Michigan. I fans. still I've heard time and time again that is not what they expect. They didn't. They're, they're not paying. Harbaugh nine million dollars a year to get out coached by somebody. No, nope, yeah, Paul he is. Christ, he's getting, you know he's higher like, paid than Nick Saban. He's higher paid than Dabo. He's mm-hmm. he's not getting paid to get out coached. If he says, "Oh man, if, if there's something that went awry or you know or yeah, you know, and whatever, I like no, like I just don't think that it's worked. I I made that same joke as your dad over the weekend. I was like, sign the man to a lifetime contract. I'm honestly okay with watching Michigan be in despair for the next 120 years. It would be a, a joyous occasion, but. If you're talking about just straight facts, I don't think that he's going to be able to turn that program around, especially once that fan base turns on him, I it has to be over with, right? It just it, the kind of question is I've seen yeah, I've seen the people who say he's not doing it, we need to get him out. I've seen others that whether they like him or not, they're like they we're not going like, to get anything better. They feel like he's still got a pretty long pass here to prove them wrong, which is 
I guess if you're okay with it. Keep in mind, they haven't won the Big Ten title since 2003. They haven't beat, they've beaten Ohio State once since that 2003 season, right? Or is so it I don't twice know. now? I, I, think, don't, I, don't I think it might be just the one them. time. It's not a lot. They haven't beaten Hoke beat them once. Harbaugh hasn't beaten them. Nope. So I think two, since 2003, and it was the year they were transitioning before Urban Meyer and after Jim Trussell. So, I mean... There was a lot of controversy with that Ohio State team as far as how strong they were. Bottom line, they've kind of, it's going on almost 15 plus years now, close to 20 years, where they're just not doing what's expected of them. For them supposed to be in a tippy-top program, they seem kind of second tier, which is ironic because I always look at Wisconsin as a second tier college football program, and here's those two tested right now. Wisconsin whoops their butt. And Wisconsin's won Big Ten titles in the last 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Disagreeing. We can stop talking about Michigan. Stop talking about college football. After all, this we is can a stop high school. talking. Yeah, this is a high school sports podcast. But yeah, we're, we're just gonna stop talking in general. This has been episode number ninety-four of the Get Around. As always, we really do appreciate you taking the time to join us and listen to our our ramblings and all of the stuff that we have to tell you guys. But uh, make sure you share, like our podcast, all that good stuff. I uh, want to say thank you to Harrison Beebe once again for thank joining you, us. And, thank uh, you, James. Yeah, and <laughs> to the non-existent James. And to uh, you know our guests this week, thank you guys so much. And, uh, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>